1: Celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall
2: of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at
3: the 15, 10, 5. He'll score!
2: On 93.7 The Ticket and ticketfm.com. We are back with... with yeah, you got it.
4: What the scary thing is, you're hosting the show. J.P. I, left.
2: I know. we we're gonna It's going to turn all types of uh, tipsy-turvy. It's like this. When I moved in my neighborhood, you know, they said, oh, there goes the neighborhood. You know? right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're back with old school. I am blessed to be here with Dan Whitney and Boyd Epley. Uh, old school show is, is sponsored by the Mercado, the certified Piedmontese beef, and plenty of uh, cuts down there on 84th and Havelock. But... Now I get to be in the, uh, I guess, the captain's seat to ask Boyd um, some questions. I know, look, Boyd from, you know, one of, the, one of the best things that ever happened to me. I was from Minnesota and I was a red shirt. Boyd was in the locker room and he kind of told me just a quick little Cliff Notes story of how he became the way coach. Right. So he's seen a lot of great, great, you know, great stories, football players. Um, I have my opinion from watching Pittsburgh, and I don't know if you watched Pittsburgh, West Virginia, Purdue, and Penn State. Last night I was actually more impressed by uh, the physicality that they played with. They they looked like some good athletes out there. What do you think the biggest difference is, obviously, from, say, when we trained to now? Or is there a difference?
5: Well, I think the problem is everybody's training hard like we did back in the day and they have beautiful facilities northwestern has one of the most impressive facilities in the country one wall is all glass overlooking lake michigan yeah and they can see chicago sure but we're we're in the process of building even a bigger one a nicer one in lincoln right now right Maybe about a year away right uh,
2: you know i mean that's great but it's, it's all you know dan it's like this having a great stage but if you don't put the you, you know the stage doesn't make dan Dan makes the state, Absolutely. right? I think you got to put the work in. Absolutely, I mean.
4: they can have the best facilities in the world, still go three and nine, right? That's what <laughs> Northwestern went last year, three and nine. Here's the cool thing I like about Boyd. His name is Boyd, and he's a genius. He's a genius. Yeah, the way they did, it. an all-time genius. And that's odd, name Boyd, because you never in life. No one has ever said, "Man, I cannot figure out these algebra problems." Somebody get Boyd.
2: <laughs> hey, I'm gonna. I'll tell you what, Boyd. When he's I got, an, he's
4: an anomaly. Yeah,
2: when I got to the NFL, we had a pretty well-known weight coach named Rusty Jones, and he he kind of was like a little bit you know, ahead of his time because he trained for to play the up tempo offense. They had the K gun with Jim Kelly and all them. Right, right. They always fizzled out the Super Bowl, but they you know, they did that. He had the utmost respect for Boyd and he picked so much stuff from you. Just talk about how you started and then adjusted and then readjusted with the times and if there's something what would you if you if they could say, Hey Boyd, put you in there how would you how would you do things, and how would it be different? You know your approach uh, as far as how you're getting the team ready for the season.
5: Well, when I started, there wasn't a lot to look at and learn from. We uh, we had weight lift weight that lifted in competition, and then there were power lifters, which is a different type of lifting. Right. And then there were bodybuilders, but there wasn't anybody there wasn't anybody doing what we consider strength training. Right. So I was trying to help the athletes. So I picked what I thought was important from each of those three areas and had the football players doing it. And it, hap- it just happened to improve their speed because Coach Vanni told me when he hired me, if anyone gets slower, you're, you're fine. gone.
2: You're right. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. And,
5: and so I didn't forget that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we went and borrowed a stopwatch from the B department to start timing everybody. And we showed him how players like Mike Barron, for example, improved six tenths of a second. He ran a five five forty, he dropped down to 49 after gaining fifty pounds. oh no one had ever done anything like that before. So right. it was kind of like, Wow, what are we doing here? And uh, along with it came some wins.
4: Right. Well, it's it's amazing, you know. Seriously, boy. I mean you literally you started it. Yeah, you're you the started, godfather. You're the guy that did it. I mean, you look at all these programs across the country, Alabama, Florida, all these big programs, they replicated what you did. I think that is, seriously, Jay, right. that's unbelievable. Well,
5: it's unbelievable for me to be that guy. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, It really is. It's uh, very humbling. Oh my boy,
2: God. Boy, boy, talk about, I remember after we beat the Brakes off of Tennessee, talk about how much of it's uh, – I guess you take it as an honor for for Tennessee to come and copy what we did in the spring, and how you you know how you go about it because some coaches or some you know obviously would be like no I don't want to show you our secrets is that you just had so much confidence in what you were doing you could let them try it but they could never be as good as we were doing it.
5: Well, one of the reasons is I had a tremendous assistant named Mike Arthur. You know yeah, Mike. yeah, I know Mike. Yep. Mike was the brains of the outfit. I just got the credit for everything. Yeah. But we, we were always designing equipment to help the athletes be more explosive. Right. And uh, the explosive part of it for powerlifting isn't there. Right. The, the bench press is slow. Yeah. The deadlift is even slower. The squat is a great exercise, but it's not explosive, it's slow. So we needed to add the power clean to that. Right. So we pulled this from here and this from there and put together what we now call strength training and it worked.
4: Right. So crazy, The uh, do you get like still university programs and stuff going, hey somebody call Lepley see how they, do you still get a lot of people asking for advice on certain things? And... There
5: are, in fact my wife and I are going to Australia except November 2nd to give a little talk to those folks who have created a strength coaching organization over there. And, uh, but it's not just college. It's I'm going to do a Zoom call with a, a high
2: school in Minnesota here next week. I mean, it's, it's just anyone that wants some help, I'm willing to help them. This is what I want to ask, Boyd. I, I mean, I know me, I never touched the weight. Then, I, then here's what they did. I never touched the weight till I got here. And then I used to walk through the weight room. I told Coach, I was like, baby, this is natural. But then when I saw Christian Peter and them, I said, hey, you know what, i got to start befriending Boyd. <laughs> and, Boyd, I, you know, I work with a lot of high school kids. What's the – Give me two or three lifts that if you could reach out to a high school player that's trying to get you know, bigger, faster, stronger, or get better as an athlete, that they should focus on, especially playing football.
5: There's no better exercise than the squat. That's number one. Right. But, but like I said, it's not an explosive movement. It's, you're usually done slow and heavy, and so it helps you improve force against the ground. Right. When you run, you actually apply your force into the ground, and it propels you across the ground. Right. So you got to have some strength in the legs to go fast. Then the hang clean or power clean right. is, is explosive. You put those two together, you don't really need much else. Right. Unless you want to look good, then you do bench press or you work your arms, right. maybe some shoulders. To, uh, but the squat and the clean, that's the secret.
4: I'll tell you how how he trains these people. This is how tough a lot of his people are. I, I had a buddy of mine who's... Dad passed away not long ago. That went through the whole Boyd Epley training process, and this guy was so strong. They said at his funeral, he carried his own casket. <laughs> I mean, that's how.
5: <laughs> yeah, left-handed.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
4: that's how strong he made it.
2: Boy, who was the who was the strongest? Who was the strongest pound for pound player ever to come through Nebraska? Other than Jay. That wasn't. Well,
5: there was a shot putter named Carl Myerskopf that was uh, 310 pounds. And he squatted uh, 810. Oof. He, he was a pretty amazing. Champ, right. a national champion shot putter for Nebraska. He was uh, six foot ten, weighed three ten, squatted eight ten. Wow! Wow! Didn't
4: Rulon Gardner go to? Rulon
5: even... Rulon was kind of before all this wave happened. Okay. He did a little bit of lifting, mostly at the Olympic Training Center. Right. Okay. But not so much with me, and uh, but he had a tremendous career. Uh, and then he had a serious injury on a snowmobile or yeah. something that yeah. set him back.
4: Yeah, Rulon always plays in in my golf tournament. And he's Great just play. like, oh, and he'll just walk up to you. And he'll literally take me with one hand. He'll he'll wrap around yeah. me with one arm and throw me up over his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, I've never yeah. seen
5: anything like it. Yeah, he, he upset a very famous wrestler because the guy just opened his hand like that. And that was it. Rulon won.
4: I remember that. Yeah.
2: Boy, what were like? Uh, I know I knew and didn't really realize uh, in the NFL how um, well I knew how important the weight coaches were, but how important it was they were in decision making and making the team. So when guys would come in, what were the benchmarks you look for uh, in, in in athletes? Like, oh yeah, he could develop into something, or he needs to get, you know, he needs to, we need to really work with him on x y and z but what are the benchmarks you looked at when you would talk to coach osborne or any of the assistant coaches because they would ask your opinion where somebody was at and where they were going what are the benchmarks you kind of look for
5: well with mike arthur's help and dr Uh, chris estries we developed an index that helps evaluate what you're looking for and there's several tests that you can measure
1: My
6: Rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
5: This crowd right here, right, and, and ask them to do a vertical jump. The one that has the highest vertical jump, sure, athlete. Right,
2: there you go, Dan. That's you. But, but then
5: you Abs- got absolutely.
4: It's, <laughs> I, my record still has yet to be broken with the vertical. But you
5: also got to look at what they weigh. Right. I mean, if a kid if a kid only weighs 100 pounds, he's not going to stand up to the uh, rigors. The, the rigors of yeah. the sport. And so you're looking you're looking first at that vertical jump, and that's for baseball, basketball, any power sport. Uh, and you're really great athletes. Uh, Curtis Cotton has a yeah. 41-inch vertical jump. Guess who? The athletic director at Nebraska, Trev Alberts, 40-inch vertical jump. Wow! Wow!
4: A six-four. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How about hot dog eating? Would that be considered a well, depends
5: on how many you eat.
4: Impact sport. <laughs> you know, my mother-in-law ate. Uh, she won a contest. She ate 42 hot dogs in 11 minutes. Can you believe that? My mother-in-law not talking for 11 minutes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? That. Keep eating, right? That's what you say. Keep eating. Depend, depends on the holiday, right, there. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Every holiday is hot dog eating the holiday. That's
5: one yeah. way to shut her up, huh? yeah. <laughs>
2: Boy, what are your expectations?
4: She ex- talked a lot. She, had a, she was the only woman at the beach with a sunburn on her tongue. <laughs> <Seriously>, <laughs> it crazy.
5: Boy,
2: what are your expectations uh, tomorrow?
5: Well, I hope to see the offensive line come out uh, off the line. Yeah, uh, fourth quarter, we didn't see that and we missed that. Right. We, that's why you don't uh, gain rushing yards when the offensive line doesn't pave the way. And I'm hoping they, they do better. Right. Uh, and then I think they'll get their confidence. I thought Larry explained it really well earlier on his summation that we're not as bad as we think we are. Oh, no, no. no. And, no yeah,
2: we're you not. know, I think the hardest thing. For me, uh, and this is even last, year, or this has been the way Nebraska's been for a while. Is like I always say, like you, you know, it's like a prize fighter. I remember watching marvelous Marvin Hagler go against Sugar Ray, and he would kind of like always tap himself in the in, in the forehead to get ready to fight. Nebraska, I think over the years have just punched ourselves in the in the face, and we beat ourselves. That's the most frustrating thing. I think That's that uh, I think the makeup of the team is is pretty decent to where they'll be able to bounce back. I think what they have to do, and Dan talked about it, and it, you know, I felt I always felt like, at least for me, I can't. Speak, I felt like our confidence was forged in the hard work we did in the weight room that gave me superior confidence in the, in the in the in the on the football field. And anytime I ever struggled, like especially in the NFL, started right from the basics. Weight room, what I didn't do well, if I didn't feel quick, or if I felt like I wasn't very strong in the way I tackled. I'll say emphasize on squats and stuff like that. Um, I think that they'll, if they understand that and go out there and play and stop worrying about all that other stuff, um, it'll, it'll become easier. And I, and I told them last year, I said, I just want you guys to experience one time. One time when you play a good team that you either weren't supposed to beat or it was a hard game and you walk in, or you're in the locker room and you guys are celebrating because you guys realize all the hard work you did you don't even worry about it. You, If you're out here, I mean, I know it's Friday, but if you're out there, remember the practices we used to have, guys cramping up and all that other stuff? It was worth it when we won a national championship. Right. You know?
4: Well, and, and like I said early, just just go out and play, and and don't be defeated when you first go out. Right. You know that not to have the attitude of oh boy, I hope we don't lose today. Have the attitude of attacking it and go, right. we're going to win this game. Right. You know, I I, I kind of equate it to like stand up because I was going through a time there. I was getting some, and it happens to a lot of entertainers because you try to always do better than your last time, and it's but sometimes you get performance anxiety, right. And I remember one time I was on stage and I just forgot where I was at. I couldn't remember anything, and I started freaking out. So then I just started pulling jokes out of my hand. And well, the crowd didn't know; it. they just thought it was part of the right. show. So, but I knew it. But from that, from then I was gun shy of this. So I went on stage, not like I'm just going to go up and have this. I went on stage trying not to forget my forget stuff. Right. So in the back of my mind, the whole show. I'm going, oh, man, don't wear, make sure when you do this joke, don't because you make. And I and the crowd didn't know. But me, myself, I did not. I didn't think right. I had a good show. I didn't think I performed well. But once I got over that and I just put it behind me, I just went up and attacked the stage and didn't worry about any of these other things. Man, this got even better and better. But I think that's what they do. They just got to put all that behind them, go out, have fun, play football, yeah. and don't worry about
5: losing.
2: I wanted to ask you guys this. I, you know, I, always, I, I take I took the mentality, I enjoyed the bigger games. You know, so, Dan, it would be like you, I don't know, what, the Orpheum or somewhere. you before, right. I love the big games because I want your best because I felt like if I could beat you at your best, you could never beat me again. You know, but I feel like the team should take the mentality, embrace the expectations, prove yourself right versus proving John whoever on Twitter wrong. Prove yourself right. Right? I mean go if you if you really believe it, right, you believe that you're the best, you know that you believe that you're the best, go out there and prove it and then keep proving it versus like, oh, I proved somebody that you don't even know or even really like a national writer. He doesn't know. Right. He just is going off what somebody else said and he's just dicing it up a little bit. So if you prove yourself right and you embrace the expectations, then the only thing you're focusing on, if we're three linebackers, I'm the middle guy, I'm focusing on what we're doing. Right? Every day. I want to make sure you guys are playing good and you guys are doing the same for me. That's how the, I think you should embrace it. Versus like, oh, well, you know, we're here comes this national. Here comes Desmond Howard that's never even watched Nebraska except for when he sees the highlights when we lose, right? right. Versus we're worried about proving ourselves right and then Desmond Howard's going to say whatever he's going to say. Because he knows he's going to get followers after he says something bad.
4: Yeah, that's <laughs> the A lot of people know
5: a lot about stuff they
4: don't know about. Right. <laughs> well,
5: I think we have two games here that are reasonable. Right. So we should, if everything goes well, right. regain our confidence with these first, sure. games, these next two games, and that should set us up to be competitive with Oklahoma. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, I and if they look back to last year, we were right there. Yeah.
4: Well, and I think, in all seriousness, if we played Northwestern at another time, in a different venue, yeah. not across nine hours across right. where yeah. you live. With all the interference, it would be a way different game. I mean, you know, I mean, we were the better team. We just, yeah. I mean, they, just look,
2: did. that's the that's the hard. People don't understand. That's the hardest thing about football. You only get 12 games. You, I mean, if always, people always ask me, like, about their kid playing football. Like, do you love to practice? Because you're going to practice 95% of the time. Yeah. You're going to lift, you're going to run, and it's going to suck. I'm telling you. There was umpteen times I've been walking over to Abel Dorm. Thinking about quitting, packing up my Chevy Celebrity, and heading back up to Minneapolis. So if you don't like the practice, then you can't play football. So that's the hard thing about it because you only get 12 games, and so, um, you know, look, that game's over. You can't go back and, and dig up a dead horse, and uh, right. you just got to learn from. It. If yeah. you, emb- I feel like if you embrace it, just say, you know what, you know, there's times that you, you know, somebody call you, how did your show go? Like, man, I was, I was crappy, right? right. But, but, right, that wasn't my best, right? Right. But you can't go back and change it the next time you're going to knock it out the park.
4: Boy, for the record, I never say that. <laughs> yeah, for
2: the At least I do. I know what I used to play bad. My daddy, I was like, man, I couldn't do tiddly poo out here.
4: Well, that's good. It made you yeah. better. Made yeah, you but I can better. tell
2: you what, that next game, boys, whoever we were playing were in trouble. Well,
4: look, when, you, when you're when practicing that much, you only got a little bit of time to play and have fun. Yeah. You, the, go on and have fun. I mean, bust it. You know, it's like your age. It's like this show here. You got a couple hours. Right, Let's yeah. Have fun cook. with it. I have thrown up fifteen times doing this show. That's
2: right, right, the, right. Yeah. Well, that's this. just probably because I was cooking. <laughs> <laughs> how
4: much effort I put into this?
2: Yeah. Well, hey, look. In in closing, I appreciate both you guys. Boyd, I'm you. tell you what. He took me from a skinny little so called basketball player to somewhat of a NFL player. Dan, you've been really good to me and always are uh, really sweet to my kids. So I appreciate you guys being on. Uh, two Husker legends, obviously, I in your own yeah. right. One thing you yeah. don't
5: know, what? both of us, uh, I, I was born in Pawnee City. That's where he's from. That's
4: oh. right, Boyd, Boyd's from my hometown. Oh, was born there, so right? that's Ponte where the juice.
5: Well, that's where.
2: Well, that's where the superstar juice is then. <laughs> so if we want a new, if we want a quarterback runner, we just need to go to Pawnee City. It, it, it,
4: it was me, Boyd, and the female Tarzan, whatever her name was, <laughs> back in the fifties. Uh,
2: hey, people, and Johnny Carson was from Norfolk. I didn't even know that either. That,
4: well, he was born in Iowa.
2: Oh, well then that's well, then that then that doesn't count.
4: Well, he lived in Nebraska long enough. Well, we yeah. claim him. Yeah, we claim yeah. it. But Boyd and I were born here.
2: Yeah, so you guys get you guys get more credibility. Absolutely,
4: man. but Boyd truly is. I, I'll tell you what, Jay, I'm just excited as you would have, Boyd. Boyd's a legend, man. Man, Boyd's I'm telling a you, a legend.
2: Boyd, I'll tell you what, when I used to walk into different places, I uh, was four years in Buffalo. It was like you had a badge of honor because they know you had been through the ringer at Nebraska. They knew you were ready to go it's
3: unbelievable. and
2: discipline. I think part of Boyd and his his crew, Mike Arthur and everybody else. Had everybody so prepared? That's why you saw the success on the field, but also at the next level.
4: And don't look, you. Coach Osborne knows this. Yeah. I've, I've told him. I would, I would not coach over to get to you.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: Just kidding, Coach.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys. We're going to break. You know, enjoy the the barbecue and the uh, drinks. Good job. Th- thanks again. Yeah, thanks, Dan. We'll Jay, see you. Thanks for having us, buddy. I right, hear you. Today, boy, All right, we are going you. to break, Nate. We'll be, we will be back on Old School. I think we got another Hall of Famer, Eric Strick. All right. Eric Strickland coming on.
1: Ah, boy. Watch Old School Live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old
2: School with DP and Jay on 93.7 The Ticket and the ticketfm.com.